The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So how did your Ohio congressman vote on the CHIPS Act? Well... Troy Balderson voted in favor. He said, my vote in favor of the CHIPS Act was a vote to support a one-in-a-lifetime investment in Ohio, protect critical national security interests, and provide opportunities for the people I represent by bringing good-paying jobs back to America. Yeah, he can sell it that way, I'm sure. Uh, This bill was far from perfect, but my constituents sent me to Washington to tend to the serious business of representing their interests and to get the job done. As a result of this investment, the future is brighter for kids in Ohio today. I can't argue against that. Um, it's a tough balance. Picking winners from your little club, the people you represent. I mean, you are elected to represent them. But we decry it when it's Joe Manchin selling out the rest of America to complete the King Cole Highway so that the bridge to nowhere, which came about because of a similar grift, by Manchin's forerunner in the Senate, Robert Byrd, uh, built a bridge to nowhere. Now Manchin has made it a bridge to somewhere by selling out America by agreeing to the green boondoggle that will waste hundreds of billions of dollars of our money. So I'm not going to laud Troy Balderson for voting for it. And I'm not going to rip on... Now this is confusing. The Hill says... Oh, here are the people who voted for it. Here are the people who voted for it. Troy Balderson voted for it. Mike Carey voted for it. Steve Shabbat. Anthony Gonzalez. Dave Joyce. Bill Johnson. Michael Turner. They all voted for it. You would expect Carey to vote for it. For the same reason Balderson voted for it. Jim Jordan voted against it. Jim Jordan voted against it. I... Don't have a problem with Jim Jordan voting against it. I think it's a tough call. As I say, I can make an argument one way or the other for it. Um, The national security piece of the CHIPS Act is a compelling piece. The local development, local jobs, that's a compelling piece. Are you crazy about Intel coming to central Ohio? Are they bringing Silicon Valley values to Central Ohio? I, I honestly do not know. And I, I, I get a little tiny piece of the conflict here that the Congress uh, people may have had. Because, as I've told you, I'm friends with someone who was very instrumental in Intel coming here. And I have no problem at all recruiting them to come here. No problem at all. I think it's great. It's a guy's job. Do your job. Do everything you do to the glory of God. My friend does his job Really, really well. Super sharp guy. It's a complex issue. What is not a complex issue is the fact that our economy is not good for everyone. The fact that the headlines uh, paint a very different picture than the lies coming out of the White House. And the picture that I think things are going to get much, much worse, no matter what the numbers say. Here's the thing. Here's the silliness of the Biden administration 
trying to redefine recession. When you redefine recession, what word is still in the headlines? Recession, right? You're arguing about, no, 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 things are not bad. No, things are not bad. No, I'm telling you, things are not bad. Okay, first of all, things have to be a little bit bad if there's an argument about whether they're bad or not, right? What were the headlines before the pandemic with Donald Trump, besides the fact that he was a big, mean, orange man who was big and mean and orange and tweeted too much and was big and mean and orange? The headlines were that... Black unemployment, lowest ever. Hispanic unemployment, lowest ever. Economy roaring. Those were the headlines. There was no debate about, are we in a recession? Are we not in a recession? I don't remember that debate. You know why I don't remember that debate? Because it wasn't happening. The other danger in the Biden administration trying to win on semantics is that it's really not to me, maybe maybe to you, but not to me, a great political strategy at a time where the Mid-Ohio Food Bank has 85,000 families, 15,000 more than they've ever had in a single month, coming looking for food in the month of June, it's really not a good idea for a presidential administration to say, oh, no, you're crazy. Like, no, you're not really hungry. No, 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 honestly, like, no, everything is great. I mean, I, you might think you're paying more for eggs and gas and hamburger and everything, but but no, everything is awesome. I don't know about you, but I don't like being told everything is awesome when everything that you're experiencing and everything that you know is not, in fact, awesome. It's, in fact, rotten. According to Business First, the Mid-Ohio Food Collective, that's the Mid-Ohio Food Bank, is getting a $1 million boost from Columbus City Council. Wasn't well, that nice? Where are they really getting that boost? From you and me. Where do you think Columbus City Council gets its money? From income tax collected in the city of Columbus. Food bank officials say additional emerge Additional. Sometimes we read things, we skip right over the most important words. I'm guilty of that. They're getting a million dollars. They need more. They need more. Food bank officials say additional emergency funds are needed from other sources, including the state of Ohio. Higher food bills. That doesn't sound like a recession to me. Sorry, I wondered if you were going to weigh in on that. Higher food bills, housing costs, and utility fees have put residents in a precarious economic position, says Mike Hochran, vice president of communications for the collective. Higher food bills? Higher housing costs? Higher utility bills? That doesn't sound like a recession to me. Okay, okay. Hochran said, quote, these are absolutely uncharted waters. All these things that are piling up on families whose budgets were already strained before this, we have more families than ever coming to us for help. That doesn't sound like a recession to me. Well, the uh, food bank, he also says, is facing a shortage of food because of Supply chain issues. Who would be in charge of supply chain? Oh, would it be Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg? Chest feeding, bike riding, EV enthusiast Pete Buttigieg is in charge of all that. Is he still on maternity leave? 
Maybe we'd be better off if he were. Uh, Hochran said the food bank has bare shelves in its warehouse right now. Now that makes an impression on me because a couple of Christmases ago, the Christmas before the pandemic, Christmas 2019, I went out with a group of people from my church on a Sunday, Saturday morning, and we filled cartons of food for people at the Mid-Ohio Food Bank. And I was amazed at that facility out on out there near Grove City, out near Neg- Exit 100. I mean, that's a, that's a tremendous facility. And there was an amazing amount of food in stock. Hochran said last year, the Mid-Ohio Food Bank needed to rent off-site space to deal with surplus food. But now they have bare shelves. Now they have bare shelves. That doesn't sound like a recession to me. Hmm. Okay. Very good. Um, in addition, Hochran said, the Ohio Association of Food Banks has a request to the state legislature and Ohio Governor Mike DeWine for $50 million in emergency food funding. I Are we just eating too much in Ohio? Are we... Are we are we ravenous gluttons in the state of Ohio that 85,000 people are showing up in the month of June to get food from the Mid-Ohio Food Collective? Something must be wrong because everything is great if you listen to Joe Biden. That doesn't sound like a recession. I mean, it's fantastic. Not just Biden, but Corinne Jean-Pierre and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Sch- must be great according to Joe Manchin. He said he wasn't going to vote for any more spending until he got more encouraging inflation numbers. And then we got another rate hike from the Fed and another confirmation that the gross domestic product is contracting. And Joe Manchin's like, well, there you go. Okay. Hey, Joe, I'll sign that half a trillion dollar spending bill. Extremely sad news in that uh, former Ohio State defensive back William White uh, has died at the age of 56. Many of you know William had a long battle with uh, ALS, more commonly known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, William was an amazing, amazing guy. And uh, I knew William a little bit. Um, Obviously, I'm very good friends with one of William's very good friends, Chris Spielman. Chris and I were doing a podcast together at the time that William was diagnosed, and uh, William was, um, his response was amazing. Here's a quote from William. When Dr. Kevin Weber told me I had ALS, I was like, oh, okay. He said, you don't understand. There's a 100% chance you are going to die. I told him, well, everybody who's born, there's a 100% chance they're going to die, and no one's going to live into their thousands. Uh, William was a great husband, great dad, uh, a great disciple of Christ, and um, made a powerful impact on the world when his physical strength and abilities were dramatically diminished from what he was uh, gifted with and what his own hard work developed. Um, Coming out of Lima, Ohio as a High school star, played for Ohio State, started as a freshman 1984 through 1987. Uh, Drafted by the Lions 
in the uh, 1988 NFL draft and made a big mark there. Played 11 years in the NFL. Um, Chris Spielman released a statement through the Lions. He said, "I loved William, and I know he and Chris talked to William a lot uh, in our association as uh, radio hosts together and friends uh, over the years, uh, long before William was ever diagnosed." Uh, Spiel said, "I love William. We shared experiences of joy and sorrow on and off the field. He was always and will always be my brother. I'm grateful to share a special moment." Last year, when he was able to share the Ring of Honor moment with me, I can't wait to see him again when he will be free from ALS. May God's peace rest upon his family. Yeah, both William White and Chris Spielman were inducted into the Detroit Lions Ring of Honor last year. And in in the case of both men, a very, very uh, worthy and, I thought, long overdue honor for both. Um, and both are, you know, united by a lot more and something much more consequential than just their enormous athletic ability. Uh, They were both, uh, first and foremost, uh, very faithful uh, Christians and very sacrificial guys. Uh, You all saw that with the way Chris uh, took care of his wife, Stephanie, uh, when she was going through a 12-year battle with breast cancer. And you certainly saw it in William, uh, who is survived by his wife, uh, his son, William Jr., his son, Brendan, who played for the Buckeyes and was a Rose Bowl defensive MVP. Uh, for the Buckeyes, and uh, a daughter to Brea. So uh, condolences to um, those at Ohio State who knew William and those of you in the community who knew William and to his family. Um, great, great impact by William White. Now, uh, buried in this Joe Manchin-Joe Biden agreement to spend a bunch of money on what I am absolutely positive will be a an investment of tax dollars that will exceed the different amounts of money that are being assigned to it. I've seen, you know, 300 and some billion for green agenda items. 369 billion in energy security and climate change programs over the next 10 years. That it will reduce the budget deficit by 300 billion. Anybody believe that? Would you stake your life on that? Will this tax and spend bill really reduce the federal budget by $300 billion? Will it reduce the federal budget by, what would you vote, $10 billion? Would you stake your life on the fact that it will reduce the federal budget deficit by even $1? Or would you be more confident that it will end up adding to the federal budget deficit? Now, they have all kinds of ways. They can do somersaults and backflips with their numbers. And so the Democrats are going to tell you that, look, this, this is our way of making the rich pay their fair share. They're going to enact a 15% mandatory corporate tax on Businesses with income of $1 billion or more. And you say, good, good, get those rich guys. They're not paying any taxes. Well, as I said before, if they're not paying taxes, it's because they are using the tax code that exists to lawfully operate their businesses, most often by taking the money that they could throw back to the government to waste on green energy initiatives to... Invest in more business endeavors, more factories, more equipment. What does that mean? Well, more equipment, better equipment, safer equipment means 
safer work environments for you if you work for them. It also means that companies are more apt to share their wealth with their employees, right? Well, don't count on that going forward, because now that the corporations can no longer depreciate their assets, their new factories, their new equipment. The Pacific Research Institute says, the Senate legislation will preserve the tax credits for things that Congress wants to encourage, like clean energy and housing, but it would discourage what doesn't fit with the progressives' agenda, including, are you ready for this? Employees of corporations that have great stock benefits. To continue, the Pacific Research says it will discourage what doesn't fit with the progressives agenda, including stock compensation for company employees. Progressives have long argued that executive compensation that included company stock contributes to income inequality. And much of the revenue from the 15% mandatory corporate tax will come from penalizing corporations that, here we go, pay employees with stock. So if you work for a company and they give you a little piece of the company, the longer you're with the company, and you're counting on that being part of your retirement, um, well... Do the beauty pageant wave bye-bye to that. Because when you force corporations to pay money to the government that they were using to pay back to their employees or to invest in new factories, new equipment, they're going to find a way to reduce their liabilities Because they still have to deliver for their shareholders, or guess what will happen? Their shareholders won't invest with them anymore, and there won't be a business to employ you. So this is such stupid economic policy. This is damaging to the future of business in the country. And amid this climate where we either are or aren't in a recession... All it's going to do is, maybe not next month, maybe not the month after, maybe not even until after the midterms, it's going to plunge us into further economic peril. Now you say, well, you're a conservative. Of course you'd say that. What if one of Obama's economic advisors said that? Hmm, what if one did?